Welcome to the CX Fanatics Podcast, the show that helps D2C businesses increase revenue, referrals, and retention through exceptional customer experience. Tune in weekly for interviews, insights, and inspiration that will catapult not only your profits, but your growth. I'm your host, Elisa Connor. Let's get into the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. If you are new here, so grateful to have you. If you are a repeat listener and um, watcher over on YouTube, glad to have you here. And thanks for coming back. Today, we are talking all about three ways to increase sales for wine clubs, um, specifically wine club subscriptions without having people come and tour at the vineyard. And if you just happen to see the SVB report on that just came out, um, it's currently October of 2023. So they just released a new report on DTC distribution. You probably saw that wine club um, sales are down, DTC is down overall, and also that vineyard tours are also down. And there's probably a few reasons for that. Um, but I also, I'll go through those really quickly and, um, you guys let me know in the comments, which one, (laughs) which one, uh, is applicable to you and your vineyard. I think the big one is that we are not fully recovered from COVID and that, um, as we get back to the new normal, I I don't think we're ever going to get back to normal. Things are never going to be the way they were. Um, we have to take into consideration the way people are moving forward with purchasing decisions and that it is not going to be the same way that it was before COVID. Um, I think the other thing is, is that we need to consider our, whether or not, um, the economy is playing a part in people taking additional vacations, um, and spending money, say, to come visit the the wineries and do tours. And then um, third, I think we also need to consider that the market is changing as far as who is buying wine and who is not buying wine. And as that market continues to evolve, um, we need to figure out a way to evolve with it in order to stabilize um, sales, profits, and revenue. And then I think last but not least, um, something I've noticed in the wine industry is that um, it's not always easy to do business with a vineyard or a winery. And the harder we make it for somebody to say yes, um, the less likely they're going to. And so that would be one of the things that we um, will be addressing with these three steps. So let's dive into those really quick. So we know some of the problems, we know that there's hiccups, and we know um, that you're here because you're ready to fix some of those problems, and um, you're looking for some insights. So if we haven't met before, I'm Elisa Connor. I have over 20 years experience in both B2C and B2B businesses, and specifically in customer experience, marketing, and um, business strategy. So when I work with clients, I typically help clients create, establish, or improve their subscription model to double profits because there is so much profit available within a subscription model that it's just not utilized effectively. And that's what I want to help you guys do is utilize your subscriptions or um, 
create a subscription model so that you are expanding your revenue streams because one revenue stream is not only dangerous, it's detrimental. And we want to pull ourselves away from just having one stream of, of revenue, regardless if you have a service product or wine industry business. So specifically today, we're talking about wine industries. If you don't have a winery or you're not in the wine industry, don't um, give up or don't avoid this video because there's probably something you're going to pick up as well. But specifically for wineries, um, I came up with three steps that you can take today with your team to start to increase um, the likelihood that people will subscribe to your wine club. Now, um, the first thing I think that we need to be aware of is that I alluded to is that audiences are changing. And so if you're not really clear about who you're talking to and your messaging isn't specifically created for that audience, you're going to really struggle because we're in a very saturated market and we are in a very um, educated consumer market. And so people are not paying attention if messaging and marketing isn't directed specifically to them. And so if you're doing a three musketeers marketing approach, one for all, all for one, you're really going to have a hard time. And this is what I see most often, specifically in the wine industry I've done. I have reviewed, I don't know, probably 200 websites in the wine industry recently. And almost every single one um, either focuses on themselves or they focus on just one type of buyer. And so if you um, have not caught uh, my spiel about the 97%, I'm going to lay it out for you really quick. So recently, I um, actually, it wasn't recently, it's, it's been a little while now, but I ran across a sales study um, that said 97% of people that come in contact with your brand are not ready to buy. Yet most marketing is directed towards the 3% of buyers that would possibly be ready to buy. And so you have this other 97% that are either ignored or just like pushed off to the side and never talked to again. And so when we're looking at our wine clubs, we need to figure out how we're developing a message to talk to one, each generation, because millennials, Gen Z, Gen X, and um, baby boomers do not think about things, purchase things, or make buying decisions in the same way. And so if we're creating one message, it's like, hey, buy our wine. Um, and there's no, no reason behind why to buy the wine or no connection between each of those generations, you're really going to struggle because they're just going to tune you out and find someone else who is paying attention to their wants, their needs, desires, and where they are um, on their journey. They're not only their customer journey, but their life journey. So the first thing is, is to figure out, map that out. And I'm not saying go after every single one of those generations. You're going to know what's best for your business. But if you're going to have conversations with baby boomers, I highly recommend not posting it on Facebook because most baby boomers um, are weary if, at best of social media. And that's not how they prefer communication, especially if they're going to purchase something. Whereas if you're talking to Gen X, they're much more volatile as far as how you can communicate to them. They're okay with email. They're okay with text messaging. They're okay with social media. Like they're much more adaptable 
And so the messaging for them is going to be different and where you show up is going to be different. And so if you're doing like a one and done um, marketing campaign for everybody, then it's no wonder you're not getting traction because number one, you're throwing everybody in the same bucket and they become a number instead of a person. And the world has, especially since COVID, um, with everybody and their brother jumping online and creating online businesses has become a an arena where people are demanding more of brands. And so I'm not trying to overwhelm you with that work, but I am saying that this is something that you and your team need to consider and do some research on, you know, who are your primary buyers and are you wanting to open up a new stream of revenue and potential buyers? So, which leads me to number two. So how do you increase those wine subscriptions? Well, one, once you know who you're talking to, you're going to have a better idea of their investment um, requirements. So most wine clubs that I see offer a 12-month, a six-month subscription. Sometimes there's a three-month subscription. And so if you were offering that to say a millennial or even a Gen X, um, now I'm Gen X, I've got three kids in college. So if you're offering me a six-month subscription or a 12-month subscription that I need to pay for in advance, Chances are, um, with three kids in college, if I'm not going to be as apt to enroll in that versus something monthly or um, something that's more college budget friendly. <laughs> to put that, but if you're looking at a millennial or even a Gen Z, then absolutely they're not going to invest in a six or twelve month bottle. Um, distribution because they don't have that kind of money laying around. And so why it's important for us to determine who we're talking to is that it's going to determine how we approach, how we offer our products and services to them. And so that leads me to number two, which is experiences. So um, when we look at wine tour experiences, they're very unique. There's an opportunity to showcase not only the land, but showcase the people that work at the winery, um, showcase the differentiation of your um, reserve compared to competitors. There's all kinds of opportunity to have conversations and learn about the people that are there. But if people cannot come to the winery for one reason or another, economics, um, health concerns, what, whatever it might be. There's a million different reasons why people are not coming to do tours. And if we're trying to offer a similar experience to them, you know, what would that look like? How are you going to create that for your vineyard so that it is not only um, all of the experience that they would have if they were there, but then some. How are you going to provide that experience so that they are engaged and so that it is not only memorable to them and they're like, oh, this was a really great experience, but it was so exceptional that they're going to share it with other people. So an example is during COVID, um, I was invited by a friend to do a virtual cooking class. And it was the, the chef was actually in Italy. And so there were, I don't know, eight of us on this call. And so what they did, this was, I just thought this was brilliant, but they 
um, you enrolled in the class and I don't know, it was like 50 or $75 or something. And then you got the zoom link. And then when you, after you enrolled, you got an email that said, okay, go purchase these ingredients. And here's the, the things you're going to need in your kitchen. And, um, here is the wine pairing we recommend to go with this dish. So what it came down to is that the day of the cooking class, we were all on zoom and we were making homemade lasagna and we made the homemade noodles and we did, we did the entire recipe together. And it was a very uh, memorable experience because you had the story from the chef. And I think it was his grandmother. It was either his mom or his grandmother. I can't remember now, um, about, behind the sauce and why they made the sauce they did the way they did and how they started to make their own noodles. And they told about their restaurant. And um, so you had all of these behind the scenes experience things that you wouldn't have gotten normally if you just had a video of here's how to make lasagna. And so it was a very immersive experience. And so what I would say to you as a wine, um, a winery and a vineyard operator, owner, wine club manager, whatever your position is, is that how are you going to create that same experience of somebody coming to the winery in a virtual way that makes it memorable and makes it exceptional so that they're not only coming and they're enjoying it and they're asking questions and they're falling in love with you and your brand and your wine, but also that they tell other people about it because that takes them from being a customer or a potential customer into an advocate. Now, if someone were to come back to me and say, hey, would you recommend this this cooking class, um, this virtual cooking class, I would say absolutely. In fact, I would take it again, because it was just one of those things that was that um, different and unique, and I didn't have to go anywhere. Like I could do it from home. And so how you make that work in your favor, I, I'm not going to try and iron out all the details for you on our podcast, but... Um, <laughs> You can sit there and brainstorm, okay, so what are the things that we offer as an experience when people come to the winery and what can we provide virtually and in a way that um, will get people talking and sharing and um, providing feedback, whether that's, you know, video or social media or on the live uh, tour or whatever that might look like. And so just kind of thinking outside of the box, and then how do you apply that to the different audiences that you outline that you're going to attract as customers? And so you may have to have different experiences for every audience or multiple experiences, depending on who you're talking to. Um, and then um, mapping that out with your team so that when people come through the door, um, through a specific set of messaging, you know, okay, this is this is what we're going to offer them because it's going to um, appeal more to who they are and their lifestyle and that sort of stuff. Now, the other thing is, is that as we talk about this, um, you're going to have to test. <laughs> like you're going to have to test everything I'm telling you, because there's no way to know whether or not something is going to work if you aren't putting it out there and taking action and actually um, getting feedback from the audience. So I'm sure like with this cooking class, they did an iteration where they had a small group and they did five or 10 people. And then it grew from there. And because at the, at the time that we did it, which was 2020, perfect timing, because you couldn't go anywhere. Um, there, 
you know, they had ironed out the wrinkles. And yeah, there were a few things with tech and things like that. But I think people understood. Um, but at this point in the game, like if you're going to offer an experience, it's like, you know, figure out how you're going to do focus group test, iron out the wrinkles, figure out like some different ways that you can stand out from competitors and how you're going to provide a really unique experience so that you're attracting different people and get really, really specific about who those people are. And then the last but not least, third step is to personalize everything after that. So the one thing I would say about this experience with um, the the chef and doing the live cooking class is that there wasn't much follow-up. Like for me to go back and try to do that, that class again or to find them, I would have to go digging through my email because I never got another email from them. I never got more information. And I'm somebody that would be really willing to not only enroll in another class if they had one that was like homemade, I don't know, spaghetti or something else that where you're making the noodles. But also I would be willing to share that with other people. And they didn't give me the opportunity to do that because now I have to, I have to take the work to go find out the the name of the company. They haven't done any follow-up and the follow-up doesn't necessarily have to be here by this because that's what most people do. And that has been the industry norm as far as marketing to just sell, sell, sell if somebody has an experience. But um, if we go back to that 97% and this is their first experience with you, you may have to do a little bit more work to earn their business. And so I want um, to encourage you to think about how you're going to continue the conversation with people that go through this, say, virtual experience with your vineyard or winery, and not only um, nurture that relationship a little bit more, but also build their trust so that they will become customers, but also um, be so overjoyed with, with what you do and who you are that they're telling other people about it. Say, oh, you can start here. You can have a virtual tour and this is this is what happens and we get this box and it's so cool and it has this, this and this in it. And um, then we got to try the wine and they told us all about it and blah, 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 you know, whatever it might be for your location. So those are the three steps. Number one, figure out who you're talking to and create separate messaging for each audience that you're going to talk to. If it's only one audience, great. You got your work cut in half. You have more than one audience, a little bit more work, but it's going to be worth it in the end. One quick thing about messaging is that once you create it and you kind of have those pieces in play, the work is done. Like you can always go in and tweak it and make adjustments as you learn more about those audiences. But the the work up front is what takes the time. Um, Number two is figuring out how you're going to create a personalized, memorable and exceptional experience that is virtual or in some other way uh, meets the needs of people that can't come to the winery. And number three is to test, 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 and figure out what's going to work and what isn't going to work and create a follow-up plan that is not based on just selling. So I appreciate you tuning in this week. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear from you. Um, If you have gotten some value out of it, please share it with a friend and subscribe either on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube, depending on where you're watching it. 
And in the meantime, I will see you next week. I hope you have a great week and go and increase your profits. Take care. See you soon. Did you miss something in the show today? Didn't have time to take notes listening on the go? No worry. I've taken notes for you. You can head on over to dtcgrowthclub.com forward slash podcast, and there'll be links and a description to today's episode. In the meantime, take care, stay well, and I'll see you soon.